quiver's full of hope. I've got the urge to walk the prairie and chase the antelope. Aspen's gold on snow-capped peaks, the elk call me away. I can't keep my mind on working on this fine September day. I've got Nimrod neurosis, longbows on the brain. Welcome to the Track Quest Podcast. Joining me today, we've got Bryce Olson from Texas. Thank you guys for having me. Um, Thanks for coming on. Yeah. yeah. We're uh, out here in Bering Springs, Michigan at the Compton's Traditional Rendezvous. Um, it's hot and humid, and we're doing our first live podcast. Uh, could be our last live <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, we got a huge crowd of uh, four here. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bob the bow hunter Borland. Yeah. The flies are with us too. The flies are with us too. Yeah. It's awesome. But we don't have any rain this year. Yeah. We left the rain in Oregon. Yeah. 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 yeah that's why we flew. If we would have <laughs> drove, it would have followed us over here. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you you come to this uh, regularly, Bryce? You know, I think I think we've been. Five or six times. Okay. It's a really, really good traditional gathering, and uh, we really, really have a good time here. Yeah, it's it's awesome. The quality of people is next to none for sure. It's awesome. Yeah, days are flying by. That's for sure. Yeah, it's just going by. I think uh, we're we're talking uh, maybe next year. We need to just bring out the the wives and kids and and uh, make a full vacation out of it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Well, why don't you, uh, you know, get into uh, a little bit about how you uh, started in uh, traditional bow hunting and, uh, yeah. You know, I, I grew up with my dad being a veterinarian. Okay. And as a, you know, grade schooler, I would follow him around um, to 3D shoots. Back then, actually, it wasn't 3D. It was targets, but it was, you know, out in the woods and I had a little bow and I learned how to shoot really just from watching him and he made all his own arrows and so I picked up making arrows so through junior high and high school I shot pretty regularly yeah. I took so my your 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 dad was shooting archery as you were a little kid huh yeah and he really didn't hunt much he was more target But the few times, a couple times that he did go hunt, he took me with him. And he didn't get a shot, and he didn't get a deer. But I was was hooked on thinking how neat it would be to be able to go take a bow and harvest an animal. So uh, high school, I shot my first deer um, out of a tree stand. It was... It was a golden experience. Ten yards, heart shot. You know, the the deer ran 50 yards. I watched him, you know, expire, and I I just was elated. Um, The very next year I graduated from high school, I didn't get a deer that year, but I put down my recurve, and I went to college. That was uh, 1976 when I shot my first deer. And I didn't pick a bow up again until... 2007. Wow. So it was, you know, over 30 years later. Wow. Really? Did did you think about that? I mean. You know, I, I really just, I was studying. I went to college. I got out of college. I, I, I'm a physical therapist, so I, I started to practice and just worked all the time. Yeah. I really didn't think much about hunting anymore. 
I was, you know, into fitness and, you know, making money. And yeah. so <laughs> uh, then I, I, I got married, yeah, I, you know, we started having kids. And and so it was just it was just when I kind of backed up and slowed down and I started seeing magazines of animals and bow hunters. And I thought, you know, I, I kind of would like to do that again. And honestly, I I went back. I bought a compound. Yeah. And I went out, and within a week, I was shooting groups at 30 yards, which I never did with a recurve. Yeah. And I said, I want to buy a recurve. <laughs> so I, I got a used recurve. I sold the compound because I couldn't hit anything at 10 yards with my recurve. And I thought, I have got to get back to where I could shoot a recurve. Yeah. So I did, and and uh, I started making arrows again. I bought a few more used bows, and uh, then I started reading more. I bought, you know, traditional bow hunter magazine, front to back, you know, read them all. And yeah, that, yeah. that took me back to grade school because back then, the I think the magazine was maybe Bow and Arrow. Yeah. And Doug Kittridge and all these guys that were in there, I read those magazines from front to back and read all those stories. And so now I thought, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and try and, and – uh, hunt like i used to um dream about and so i booked my first hunt um to go on a mountain lion hunt in utah and uh it was a very fortunate experience because the first day out we cut a track on a cougar and um by eight thirty in the morning i had tagged out and it was it was like wow <laughs> everything lined know? up perfect <laughs> it was just you know it just made me it just made me feel like this is something I want to pursue. Yeah. And, of course, then. Um, now, were you, did you do some deer hunting and stuff but up leading up to it? I didn't. It, didn't. Was, it was my first hunt coming back. Okay. Nice. And, uh, you know, it was. Uh, and why did you choose the lion? Well, I got a hold of Bow Hunting Safari Consultants. Yep. And I talked to Mark Brewer up there, and, and he lined me out for uh, hunts that, you could pay a guide, an outfitter, and it in Texas you really can't hunt unless you own land or you yeah, want to lease no, land. No public land. Yeah, so I, I really couldn't. I really couldn't. You know, see myself going and trying to do that. But but Mark said, why don't you why don't you do a mountain lion hunt? I've got one actually that you know you can you can book and you could go out. And so I did. And after that, I I had read about Fred Eichler. And Fred has an outfitter uh, business in Colorado. Yeah, full draw. Isn't full it? draw outfitters, mm-hmm. and and I thought, you know, I'm going to book a, a pronghorn hunt. So I booked a hunt and <laughs> never got a shot. It was one of those hot hunts that was very, you know, it was a patience builder. Yeah, I went on one of those last year. Sweat builder in those blinds. Yeah, There's no people don't understand that the. There's no breeze. Like no. <laughs> you can be on 100 degrees in the desert. You're like, oh, this isn't too bad. Sit for a few hours in one of those. You're, you're just, you're in your undies pretty quick. <laughs> I, was, I was in my underwear and I drank two <laughs> gallons of water and I urinated a gallon and a half in the blind. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this for ten days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I figured that if it was, um, if it was possible, I could, I could maybe get one, but. Man, those uh, 
those those uh, pronghorns coming in over water. Yeah. You know, they're very skittish. Oh, yeah. And I know people can spot and stalk them, but yeah. I shot mine out of the blind. Yeah, that's a <laughs> tough one. That's a very tough one. You know, I, I over the years, I just I just started reading about the different adventures you could have bow right. hunting. And that's really what re- captured my interest. Yeah. You know, because to hunt 29 species in, in America, North America, puts you in the mountains. It puts you out in the desert. It yeah. puts you in the trees. It puts you, you know, in the in the forests of Oregon, which are different than the forests of Colorado. Yes, Heck absolutely. Yeah. So were you thinking, how, how many animals till you started thinking about the 29? I think I started thinking of the 29 pretty early, but I wasn't sure, you know, that they would be possible because, you know, at that time nobody had done it. Right. Fred and Rick hadn't achieved it yet. Yeah. But I knew they were chasing it. So I think once, once they achieved it, that's when I thought I, I should try you know, and do that. And how many did you have uh, at that point? I, I think at that time I just, you know, I had the whitetail from high school, uh, the mountain lion, and probably the antelope. And I, I think that's about when Fred. Uh, so Fred Ray, Fred probably had an influence. Yeah. 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 Because Fred had, when I remember when we were at his, his ranch, he hadn't shot 29 yet because it wasn't part of the super slam. It was just 28. Oh okay. And so seeing him do that and seeing Rick did it, that that was that was probably the fire that started me. Okay. Thinking. Heck yeah. Yeah. So awesome. so where do where do we go next? You know, um, currently, I have six more species to take, and uh, those are the the Thule elk, the Roosevelt elk, desert sheep, the uh, Rocky Mountain bighorn. The um, Central Barren Ground caribou and the Mountain caribou. Mountain caribou. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm pretty excited to hear that you're trying for Roosevelt this year. Yeah, Roosevelt. Yep. Uh, You're going to be hunting with uh, Ken Wilson, Spoon Creek Outfitters, uh, our local outfitter on the coast. (laughs) And... uh, be close to James's place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing him always up in my hunting area. So, yeah. Well, you'll, you'll uh, realize why he's so odd. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you bring me luck because this is the third try for a Roosevelt. Okay. Oh, it is. Uh oh. Okay, but you haven't tried the Oregon coast yet. No, I know. That's no, no. that's where all that's the where the big uh, population of them are. So, where were your first couple of tips? They were in in, Wish- in Washington, southern oh, okay. Washington. All right. And uh, you know that that's one of the things about hunting these animals is is there so much information from other hunters about particular species that you know it's enjoyable to learn about you know the things that you're not going to learn just from probably reading uh, unless you run into the right people or you talk to the people that have hunted lots of different areas I mean there's a wealth of information you may never stumble into but but it's fun to learn about it right absolutely so how many Hunts are you going on a, a year? This year in 2018, there'll be two hunts. It'll be the the Roosevelt elk and the the Central Barren Ground. Okay. Um, I have the the Rocky Mountain um, bighorn hunt scheduled for 2019. Okay. Um, I don't have anything deposited 
for any other hunts. But those okay. the other hunts, I'll I'll get on the schedule. Okay. You going for the bighorn in Alberta? Is that you know? I I hunted it already in Alberta once <laughs> <laughs> in Canmore. Yeah, that, I think that's what a lot of people don't <laughs> realize when you see these guys chasing the super mm -hmm. slam. It's like it's not because you go up on a brown bear hunt. It just happens, right? I mean. Yeah. You've, you've done a lot of them several times. Several, several times, times. Yeah. yeah. And uh, actually, instead of it, of it being the true Rocky Mountain bighorn, I'm going to do the California bighorn, which right. is you know, yep. a very, very similar species. Yep. So um, We have both in Oregon, don't we? Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but repeat hunts, you know, that's yeah. the tough part about doing this yeah. is that you – so what was the uh, one you've had to pursue the most, the toughest hunt? Well, I'd, I think the toughest hunt is the goat hunt that I went on. It took three tries to do the goat hunt. And uh, coming off of that mountain, I'd lost uh, my toenails on both feet. I had blisters on my feet. Um, climbing up that mountain to get to the goat hunt, I'd... They had a section, actually two sections, where you actually used ropes where you were pulling really? with your arms and, you know, putting your feet on there and you're carrying a, a pack my pack only probably weighed 50 pounds yeah but uh that was a lot for me <laughs> so but i had slipped and cracked my elbow and uh it was it was a really tough hunt yeah. i'll tell you it, mentally it gets to you the the hunt that i did right before that was a stone sheep hunt and people say well you know what's the scariest hunt you know because i've shot brown bears grizzly bears polar bears but those sheep hunts they're scary because yeah. you are on very treacherous footing you're on a mountain and i mean it's it's an endless fall if you if you take a wrong step yeah and you're trying to be quiet you're trying to keep the rocks from from you know getting loose under your feet and it is for me that was scary yeah for sure definitely so maybe tell us the story of uh when you finally got it down on the mountain goat, maybe you just give us the... The mountain goat, uh, was it was another one-day-out hunt for me uh, after spending two times on the mountain previously. On and how, how long were the first two hunts? They're 10-day hunts. Okay. So 20 days on day 21, which was the first day of the third hunt, um, we went out. First of all, we, we flew in, landed on a glacier lake, and then hiked up a mountain. It took us nine hours to hike to base camp. Nice. Um, once we got to base camp, it was dark. We set up tents um, and got as much sleep as you could, you know, when you're just so excited about the next day and right. you wore out. And uh, the next one we got up and ate, and then we hiked again from there up further into the mountains. We put a stock on one group of goats. And now are you the same place all three no, times? No. Okay. The, the same area in British Columbia, but different mountain tops, tops. That, we're, that we're hunting. Okay. Um, we put a stock on a group of goats, but they, they saw us right away and busted us. So uh, we continued to hike, and there's places on this mountain that it's glacier. And when you hike on these glaciers, if you slide and start sliding, you're probably not stopping. You're going all the way off the end of the mountain. That's mm. scary, too. Yeah. Mountain hunting is scary. <laughs> yeah. So we got across a glacier. We saw a lone goat uh, in the distance. And these guides say things like, we're going to hike down here and go around and then up, you know, to get to the goat. And I'm thinking, you know, flatland Texas, that's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and are you crimpons and ice axe and all this? Not ice axe, but okay. I've got crimpons. Yep. Um, 
and so anyway, we made the hike down and across, got up, and we glassed some more. The goat, luckily, was still there. And we continued to hike closer and closer and closer. The goat, uh, surprisingly, never was aware. We got within 20 yards. Um, my first shot was too far back. It was a gut shot, which just made me sick. Yeah. But the goat didn't bust out of there, so I got a second shot on the goat. Nice. Um, but that goat was one tough animal to bring down, and we followed him and trailed him, and I thought we were going to lose him. But the guide, they, I mean, they know where these goats are going. I don't know how they know. <laughs> but we found the goat in a crevice um, just as it was getting dark. So I took a couple of photos, but they're not good photos because there's not very good light. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking how far we got to come back to get to camp in the dark in the dark in the cliffs in the cliffs with you know Ice. a goat on our back yeah. you know <laughs> but yeah they look at me and they they think i'm old and so they help me out all i can and they they carry this weight for me is this an october blessed. hunt uh this one was um it's either august or september okay yeah how was uh the coat on the goat it it wasn't a heavy coat but it wasn't tore up, tore up. or anything okay you know nice. and um but we got get, we got back to camp finally. I thought we were going to have to spike out, and I've never had to spike out yet, which which to me would be almost exciting. As mu- yeah. as bad as they yeah. say it is to do, it's, it's something I haven't ever done. I thought, well, I might have to spike out tonight because there's no way we'd go through those mountains and the rocks, you know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we had the most beautiful moon that night, and it was uh, almost a daylight hike yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, we got back way early morning hours. I'm, I'm sure it was after 2 or 3 a.m. And, you know, we're drinking glacier water on the way back where we could find it. But in base camp, we had a real nice stream of glacier water. I remember we got back into camp. Um, I was the last one down on the mountain because these young guys, there, were, there was a, a guide and then a helper. So there were three of us. Uh, they got back to camp. You know, a few minutes ahead of me, <laughs> they were already laying in the grass and enjoying a Snickers bar and a big Nalgene full of water. But when I got back, that's what we did. We laid there and enjoyed being home with a goat for after the third try. It was so amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Did you eat some of the goat that evening? Or? No, we we had Snickers bars and glacier <laughs> water, and we went to sleep. Yeah. Um, the next morning, we we oatmealed it and packed up camp and got out of there yeah. so um how how was the goat meat um i didn't eat any you didn't I mean, eat it, any. it was uh the guide and uh the other man they took the goat they meat, the so goat. yeah okay we've heard it we've heard it can be good and it can be tough yeah yeah i i i would believe it would be very tough but yeah. uh, tough old goats. yeah um so the stone sheep was was that a, a, a pretty difficult hunt as well? It was. Uh, the stone sheep was a um, 14-day hunt. 14-day hunt. Um, and I think mine, I probably shot it on day 10, day 11. And my guide told me later that he, he was getting worried because he'd never had a recurve hunter before. Um, we went to an area where it was a horseback hunt. We stayed in a log cabin, which was really nice. We'd come nice. home every night, dry out our clothes. But then the next morning... You're back on the horses. And you get totally soaked because as you're going through the brush, the trees are totally wet, and you're just getting wet from that. But um, 
this the stone sheep as we found this sheep he was sunning he was bedded on the side of a cliff uh, again it was it was towards the end of the day um, when I put the stock on him part of that included walking or uh, not butt sliding down but almost you know duck walking down uh, onto a finger of a ledge where I would get my shot across a canyon 19 yards and he was sleeping um, and it was a beautiful shot that there went through him and crashed into the into the rock behind him he stood up and I shot him again and uh, that was that was a very rewarding uh, moment absolutely uh, unfortunately to get to him he fell down a rock slide we had to back out the guide took the horses a very on a very steep path down the mountain mm-hmm. he told me you might as well just walk another way which i did but it it took a couple hours to get to where the uh, sheep was at the at the base of his rock slide it was an all fours event to climb into that i couldn't take my bow mm-hmm. which is which is why i don't have a picture with me and the sheep <laughs> and my bow which was very disappointing but i, I couldn't take it yeah it was it was all i could do to get to him <laughs> right but uh we got to him and did some photos. It started raining. And, again, climbing out on slippery rocks in the rain. Uh, it's just it's scary. Yeah. Well, we I was talking with an old-timer here today, and we were talking about – he was talking about a goat hunt he was on, and he's like, yeah, a couple people died up there that year. <laughs> <laughs> just like, yep, that, that's the real deal. Yeah. Heck, yeah. Um, so you've got – you got all the bears? I got all the bears. Uh, this this uh, May of 17 is was the last bear, a grizzly bear. Um, and prior to that, uh, I took the polar bear first and then the uh, black bear. Two tries for a brown bear and then grizzly bear first try. So, Okay. Any close calls on those bear hunts? You know, the, the polar bear was a very close call. Um, when we found the, there were two bears together, and when those bears um, busted out of the snow where they were, we followed the, the boar. The sow went into the broken ice, but we stayed on the sow, I mean on the boar. Uh, the boar stopped running at some point, and we are, we're on dog sled. So I get off the dog sled to get prepared to make my shot. You know, this was in 2009. So I, I, it was like my, I don't know, fourth hunt into this comeback. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so the comeback. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, I have a movie camera around my neck, a rangefinder, and binoculars. Think, I mean, I probably look like you know the tourist out of water up there. <laughs> you know, what is this kid doing? You right. know, thinking he's going to shoot a bow with you know shoot a polar bear. But the bear stopped. I got off. He took off running again, and the Eskimo says, you know, too slow, too slow. <laughs> so we get back on the dog sled, and we take off again. And this time, it's 40 below zero. I have seven layers of clothes on, which is why I wear a chest protector. Because, man, I, I, I will catch that bowstring if I don't have this, this gear mashed okay. up against That's me. That's what that is. I know. Yeah. So, um, Sucks it right in. I have on liners wool gloves, another pair of bigger gloves, and then these huge furry gauntlet mittens that are two layers, beaver and coyote. Wow. And so 
when we stop, I pull off those gauntlet mittens, and I've got a glove on my right hand, um, and I have to pull off a couple of gloves just to get to the tab, um, to the to the leather. But the second time, my hands on the way to 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 when I eventually made the shot, I was opening and closing them around hand warmers because they were just froze. That first time I pulled off my gloves and didn't get a shot, they froze. My wow. fingers were just stiff. So I was worried, man, if he stops too soon, my hands are still going to be too cold to shoot, so don't stop running yet. And that's what they do. They typically run, they let the dogs loose, and then you shoot them while the dogs have their attention. But that didn't happen on my hunt. He stopped the second time, and when he stopped... I got off of the dog sled to my left. The bear was to my right. I looked to the left of where to put my foot. And as I'm looking and standing, the bear charges the dogs. And he roars. And I turn and look. And my right foot gets caught underneath the cross piece of the sled. And I jerked my foot right out of my boot. Uh-oh. I shot the polar bear while he was in the dog sled team. The first shot hit him in the front leg. I watched him reach down. He chewed that arrow, pulled it out, and he's still fighting the dogs. I pulled the second arrow. He comes down on his feet, and and he's facing us the length of the dog team away. The second arrow I shot him went in the front chest and came out behind his shoulder. So it was a deadly shot, but he's not going to quit fighting. So he's coming now. You got one boot on still? I got one boot on. <laughs> one shoe on, one shoe, <laughs> shoe on. off, one shoe on. The foot's getting cold, <laughs> trying to shoot this bear. So the third arrow, I shot him and stuck him right above the eye because we're looking eye to eye at each other. <laughs> the fourth arrow, I hit him in the neck, and when I hit him in the neck, he I mean, he's coming, he's running at us. Their blood is just spewing out like a garden hose. Wow. Fourth arrow. He turns at that point. And leaves, the, leaves where we were, and I shot him one more time between the shoulder blades. And the picture I have of him laying as he expired just outside a range of the dogs um, is, is just a, a momentous picture. But that, uh, I had one more arrow left, which is why I use a Selway quiver, because they have six arrows in their bow yeah. quiver. There you go. And I've <laughs> had to use five, so I'm thinking I'm, I always will use a right. Selway. <laughs> so... Uh, but anyway, I I uh, had one more arrow, and I thought, gosh, is he going to die out there? Is he going to get up and run <laughs> off, or what's going to happen? And uh, he expired right there. I had a, I commissioned an artist to paint a picture of that moment. Awesome. And it is it is just a, a glorious painting. He did such a great job. And, so, you're, and you're not able to bring the polar bear home, right? Unfortunately, no. The polar bear is mounted. It is in Yellowknife. Okay. And um, it, is, it was in the showroom. I don't know if it's still in the showroom or not. But uh, hopefully someday I'll be able to bring that thing back. Yeah. Well, it, at least you have that. Like yeah. you said, you have that painting. That's in that he, was, he was number two, Pope and Young. Wow. That year, um, the, the number one uh, bear, uh, Tom Miranda shot. Mm-hmm. It's one eighth inch bigger, um, but <laughs> but quite a quite an accomplishment. Yeah. I felt you know. It early seems on. like those every uh, all those polar bear stories. That seems like that's just a whole dicey operation. <laughs> like I remember reading the Chuck Adams one when I was a kid. I think he finally just left his guides, or he he didn't have the dog around or nothing when he finally shot his. And 
And uh, that just seems like a pretty dicey operation. How many miles a day are you guys were you guys covered in those sleds? You know, um, we were we were eighty miles from town on um, snowmobiles. Yeah. And then we made camp, and from there, I don't know that we were ever ten or fifteen miles. Okay. Just we saw did a loop every day. Yeah. Or? We saw bears every day. I mean, yeah. there was no shortage of bears up there. Yeah. Um, the first day I was there, we saw we saw a bear, and my guide's like, "There's there's a bear," and I thought, "Well, I don't, I don't want to shoot a seven or eight foot bear," <laughs> but I mean, not knowing, I yeah. should have, you know, at least made a try. <laughs> but uh, thank the Lord that wasn't my only opportunity. Yeah, well, thank the Lord you didn't get eaten either. Yeah. <laughs> thank, the, thank the Lord you got both your feet. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, the the other part about the story is is when we got done, the bear had expired. The guide took his rifle. And and he had a twenty two fifty rifle, mm-hmm. what? a seal rifle. He didn't have the big that's gun. A, that's the backup gun? The big gun was with the other in, Inuit that was on the other dog sled that was chasing the sow to try and keep the sow from going into the uh, broken ice. Oh, my goodness. That's a coyote gun. <laughs> yeah. So he takes his <laughs> rifle and he points it up in the air to signal to the other Inuit, we're done, come. And he pulls the trigger and it just clicks. It doesn't go off. It's an inoperable gun, which we we didn't know that when the bear's there <laughs> producing all of this melee. But luckily, none of the dogs were, were seriously hurt. I saw one of them in the jaws of the bear, and the bear threw him. He went out to the end of his tether and dropped to the snow. And I thought, ooh, there's a dead bear. I mean, dead yeah. dog. That that bear is serious. He is coming oh, after yeah. us. <laughs> I got to get it, get it done here. Yeah. <laughs> How long was the bear? Uh, it's nine foot three. Oh, that's huge. Oh, yeah. Okay. What do you suppose oh. you weighed? Yeah, I don't know. 800 pounds, yeah. 700 pounds. That's a, that's a monster. Yeah. Big white monster. Yeah. yeah. How about the, the grizzly and the brown bear? You know, the, the brown bear, um, We had it was the very last day, and it was the last hour of the hunt. And that bear... Um, were you on the peninsula or Kodiak? Or? We were we were in the, um, gosh, I was talking to somebody about a fog net earlier. The Togiak okay. is where I was at, the Togiak. And uh, we saw bears every day, never had an opportunity. But uh, this bear was a mile away from camp, and we saw him leaving the water that morning. It was rainy, it was foggy, and and my guide said, let's go. And I thought, oh, God, I'm cold already, and it's t- I'm totally wet. We're sitting out here glassing. We went after that bear where we saw him last, and he had went up into the mountain. And my guide said, we're just going to camp out right here. He'll come back. And I thought, oh, the only way it'd be worth sitting out here all day in the rain and freezing to death is if that bear comes back <laughs> because otherwise <laughs> it is going to be miserable today. Yeah. And we sat there all day long until just at, at the last shooting light here came the bear and i thought now these guys are so smart they know what's going to happen i would never have thought that would have been you know knowledge from experience experience and so here he came he came right at walking right at us this was a long shot it's probably one of my longest shots is 34 yard shot and and i spined this bear and he went down immediately with to which was a blessing to me because this was a super bear. It was a huge bear. I mean, his, his head dwarfs the size of a propane bottle. 
of pictures wow. of him and over a 10 feet. Wow. Um, he was 19 years old. His teeth were ground off. But after he went down, I was fortunate enough. I missed the second arrow, shot him the third arrow. I missed the fourth arrow and shot him again, um, fifth that's arrow. That's why you got that so, sixth arrow. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, I, I love those quivers. But, um, <laughs> I'd have to, he'll probably make you one with yeah, seven or eight. <laughs> I, I would carry him. Uh, the uh, grizzly bear, again, was, was a 30-yard shot. He, he was unaware of, of us at being there. Uh, he was out feeding we stalked him in stalking feet up a channel that was that was void of water at that time. But when the tide raises, it's full. Uh, but the, the tide was down. We stalked in. Um, I shot him, and and when he when he when I hit him, he ran to the channel that we were in, not at us, but in the same channel. And you know you got to worry about a bear that size with an arrow in him because yeah. he's looking to see what happened. Oh, yeah. Um, but, um, uh, my guide was, was fearless. Uh, the, the bear came in the channel and ran straight away from us into the, the timber at the edge of where the water would be when the tide rises and that's where he expired. But we went back in on a boat through that exact same channel and, um, was able to get him in the boat, but the sow that was with him charged us. So, um, I'll tell you the. The animal that's not in the 29 that I shot was the African lion. Oh. I shot an African lion, and, and it was a dangerous hunt, too. Um, this lion was in South Africa, and it had been kicked out of the pride, so it was no longer part of the group. Uh, it was a very old lion. That afterwards, we saw the teeth were all worn down. He'd lost, you know, a, a big mature lion may weigh 600 pounds. This, this lion was probably 400 pounds. But he'd been losing weight. He hadn't been eaten uh, regularly. But he had a kill, and he was guarding his kill. Um, we went in uh, as a blind hunt, hoping he would come into the water, and that's where I would get my shot. That's where I practice out of that blind at, at a target by the water. The first morning... Uh, that we had hunted him, he came in in the dark, and when he would take a drink, it sounded like a pump with his big tongue going into the water and swallowing. You could hear that. Uh, and I thought, man, that, that is one big animal. Well, my guide, it's totally dark in the blind. My guide says, he's coming. He, he mouths that to me, just barely whisper. I'm like, I, I don't hear nothing. But he could hear the sand crunching under the line. The line was coming to the blind. And the, he says, he's right outside this window. Now, this is like a, you know, not a thick plywood blind. <laughs> it's, it's uh, I don't know what kind of wood it is, but it's not like yeah, you could have, bust through it. have three-quarter CDX yeah. over there in South <laughs> Africa. So, <laughs> so my, my guide says he's going to fire his gun through the window to scare this lion off. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm realizing now he's just right, a, right across dark. the way. And it's, it's dark, and he's, he's coming to get us. <laughs> so he fires his gun. He stomps his feet. He yells. He radios. Within a second, you know, the, the truck is, is down, the, down the roadways. He comes up, and we bail out the door, jump on the truck, and we take off. When light comes, we can see this lion going back and forth across the road. He's got a kill not far from this water hole where we're, where the blind is and the guides are like we gotta we gotta get you up there maybe we can set up a tree stand and i'm thinking i don't 
think a tree stand, not a lion, you know. And we're not getting back in the blind. So he said, I cannot let you out on the ground with that lion because he will eat you. He will get you. And on the front of this truck, it was dented in from a lion that had attacked the truck on a previous hunt. And there was big dents where, where this lion mashed in the hood. Yeah. And they're serious. They said, the only way that you can hump this thing is to shoot him off of the back of the truck. That's the only way we'll let you do it. Well, I'm <laughs> traveling, you know, 20-something hours across, you know, the, the ocean to get there. I'm thinking, that's, that's the only shot. That's what it'll do. So what we did is, as we went in to where the lion was, he would, he would run after us and chase us like a dog after a car. Wow. And so he, didn't want you around he that did kill. not want us around. Man. I was and, and I'm thinking, well, then I, I don't know that I'm going to get a shot at a lion. Yeah. And they said, well, we'll do it and again. When he gets used to us, he may let us at least be up close. Yeah. So we, we went back again, and he was on that kill, and it was over about a 20-yard shot, maybe 24-yard shot. He said, as soon as you release your arrow, you've got to hang on to the bars of this truck because we're taking off. We don't know what this line's <laughs> going to do, and most likely he will come. Yeah. So he didn't come. I shot him. It was a quartering away shot. I hit him nice. Giant blood come right out of the wound, and he went about 75 yards and expired. But we did take off just to be nice. safe. That's wild. But, um, you know, cats – of that size are no different than the house cat in your house. They can, you know, they can jump on top of your refrigerator. Yeah. They are so fast, and those lions are just like that. But the full body mount on that beautiful lion. Yeah. After we uh, uh, deboned him and or took the natives there, they eat every bit of that lion. Yeah. They even take the bones. Yeah. I have his skull, but he had uh, jaw cancer. There's a big cancer growing on his lower that's jaw. why he wasn't eating. And that's why he wasn't uh, eating. So he was having pain. He um, was mad. You know, and it, it was really more, it was a humane kill because he was going to starve to death eventually. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, a, there's a lot of misconception with the lion hunting going on over there. I'm sure you heard yeah. about the dentist and all that. Yeah. And I think it's, it's like we were talking about on our little state between the east and the west. Like people, a lot of people just, you don't understand they're not over there. I know somebody, I think the New York Times had an article, somebody from Zimbabwe or wherever that lion was killed, and they're like, hey, I grew up there. Lions eat people yeah. all the time. Yeah. We, we don't care if you shoot them. <laughs> this is real. Like, they, they just don't understand. Yeah. So that's awesome, man. What a wild, and it's just crazy how that works out, you know. Yeah. Was that your first trip to Africa? It was, and, and I want to go back. It's, it's a really nice experience. I hear it's magical over there. Yeah. I yeah. I got a buddy of mine. His his father in law is like a school teacher, you know, and he started going over there like it's probably been fifteen years ago or something, and he he goes every year, you know. <laughs> so once you go, you just keep going. Yeah. So let's talk about your uh, setup a little bit, hunting okay. those big bears and stuff. I know you're shooting a Selway quiver. It sounds yeah, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Drew's a good dude. We've been hanging out with him out here. But what about your bow weight and arrow weight and all that? I shoot, I have a real long draw. It's about 31 inches. Um, and so the bow I shoot right now is 52 pounds at 28 inches, which makes it about 55 or 56 pounds at my draw weight. Um, and just about everything I've shot has been with that combination of, of a long draw and, and about that weight. I did shoot my coos deer with a, about 48 pounds. 
but uh, and what bow are you shooting? I shoot a tall tines. Tall tines. Is that yeah. what you've been shooting for a while now? No, I I love bows. I have several. <laughs> 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 My wife will tell you how many. I have two, two dozen at least. <laughs> I, I've shot black widows, and I love black widow. Uh, the, well, my very first animals were all with black widow bows. I love Palmer bows. I've shot shot my buffalo with a Palmer, um, several other ones with, with my Palmers. Um, I was always looking for the bow that would give me a very long trajectory and flat shooting bow for mountain sheep hunting. That, that's what I wanted. I wanted the most optimum bow I could find. And for a while, I shot border bows. And border shoots a very, I mean, that's a very fast shooting, flat shooting bow. The but big, big hooks. The big hooks. Yep. The, the thing about a border for me is, is I started to miss how a bow will gain poundage yep. the further you pull it yep. back and a yep. border's kind of opposite yep it There's has this uh, like mysterious let off feeling yeah. it, and for me like you're saying i don't like that mushy yes. soft back wall yes it's a, it's very front loaded and yep. in, in the huh. beginning i loved the feeling i shot a lot of animals with my border but i started missing that gradual draw and so i love the grip of a tall tines i love the feel of a schaefer those yeah. those bows are just great, but I I shoot a tall tines now. I love stalker bows too, and I've got several. So this my this <laughs> next hunt, I I had to do a competition between my stalker, and my tall tines, and my palmer to see which one was I going to shoot the best. Yeah. So so right now the tall tines is in first place. So yeah, <laughs> and he's a good dude. He, yeah, he is. Yeah. He makes a, a fabulous bow. I've got his his long bows and his. His uh, recurves, but I shoot carbon arrows. Broadheads are the same way. I, it it kind of depends on the animal. I, I love the three to one single bevel uh, broadhead, but um, the uh, a a boy steel force steel force I shoot steel okay. force. I love Simmons Simmons broadheads. Yep. I, I like Magnus broadheads. Sure, yeah. You know, I like Grizzlies. I mean, they're. There's there's several great broadheads out there. It's yeah. it's fun to shoot them all. That's what's so fun about traditional <laughs> equipment, right? Yeah. Yeah, all the good stuff. Yeah. So with this big collection of bows, are you um, you see you're like you're having a little competition to see which one's going to go? I mean, is that pretty much how it goes year to year? Pretty much. My wife will always tease me. She'll say, "Which bow are you going to take?" And I say, "Well, I'm not sure. I'm I'm this one or this one." This and, one's you know. this one's uh, whispering sweet <laughs> yeah. nothings in my ear right now. But if I tell her I've picked one, she says, "Oh, no, I, I'm not believing it until <laughs> till the time you go because." Uh, I'll, I'll shoot one for a month, and then I'll, I'll the next month I'll change bows and I'll shoot the same courses and see how my scores are, and it's part of the fun. I mean, and do you uh, do the same poundage with all your bows? They're, they're all pretty much within yep. a pound or yep. two. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, what weight are your carbons? Are you front loading? We've had a lot of FOC discussion this weekend here at the shoot and all that. So, you know, I I don't know what my front of center percentage is, but. Um, usually with an outsert and a 175-pound broadhead, I mean, grain right. broadhead on the front, I, I'm pretty heavy up front. Yeah. But my total weight is usually about 550, maybe 575. Uh, it yeah. may be down, you know, to just over 500. Interestingly enough, I shot my polar bear with 495 grains. I didn't know anything back then. But wow. I had a phantom broadhead, a four-blade broadhead, uh, four-fletch, and, uh, you know, it was a 15-yard shot, so 
Yeah. <laughs> Accuracy job. was important then, but uh, <laughs> I shot my muskox with the same setup. Um, I shot my brown bear with 575. Now, I'll tell you about bows. I always carry a backup bow as a rule. But for a few hunts, I decided I never use my backup bow. So on my Canadian moose hunt, the first day, I don't have an operable bow. My top limb is broken. Uh-oh. So I'm like, well, we'll I don't know what we'll do because uh, I don't have a backup. My uh-huh. guide just, just about died. He said, let's go into town. I know a guy that is a longbow uh, organization target guy. Maybe he'll know somebody has a bow you can borrow. Who was that? I'd have to look at my notes. I can't remember <laughs> his name. <laughs> but uh, he saved my life because he had an old red cedar bow in his barn. And he said, let's go see. And we went out there. It was a long bow. It was 55 pounds, 64 inches, and I couldn't hit hardly anything with it. But at least I had a bow. So um, I all the, my whole time that, that I'm waiting, my guide's glassing, and I'm working on my bow, just trying to shoot and get accurate. And I'm breaking arrows because up there it's all rocks. Uh. Um, I'm breaking arrows, but uh, very fortunately for me, he called my moose in inside of 20 yards. And a perfect broadside shot, and you know, kill zone on a moose is pretty nice. Yeah, so yeah, it doesn't get I, any better. Actually, for me, I I was able to to double lung him with one arrow, and we watched him uh, just go and and fall over, and I was elated. Awesome. It was it was very very uh, nice to have a borrowed bow, and and then be able to take a, take an animal with it. That's awesome. Oh, could you imagine if it was like the the stone sheep or oh. something like that? Yeah, so so no more. I I'm back to, I'll always carry two, and that, that's yeah. part of the fun. Whichever bow's first place, then second place still gets to come. Yeah, gets to come. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. so good. Well, I, I'm a big blacktail guy, so you've got to have a blacktail under your belt. Love to hear that story. Yeah, I've uh, I've shot the uh, uh, the Colombian and the Sitka blacktail. Okay. Um, my wife and I. We're on those hunts together. Awesome. We were able to, to enjoy the experience um, in California with the Colombian in a, a tent hunt with Five Arrows Outfitters, uh-huh. Jim and Tina Marie, awesome outfitters, great, great uh, camps. Um, my wife tagged out first and shot the bigger buck. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, so. Good for you. She's here. She's here <laughs> sitting she's in there. Yeah, she's an awesome hunter, and uh, we went. Uh, then we went to uh, uh, a, f- a fog knack, and um, we shot the Sitkas um, with Luke Randall up there, and that's a that's a great camp as well. Was that a a, a boat hunt or? Yep. Yeah. Well, no, no. It was nope. it was stay in cabins and then go out on the boat, boat. every day and, okay. and glass the shoreline. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. yeah. How was the table fare on those blacktails? Oh gosh, you know They're we had it beat, every right? night. Yeah, I mean that's it, very, very tender, very yeah. good. Yeah, it's my favorite meat in the planet. Yeah, but uh, maybe it's just because I'm obsessed with those little <laughs> deer. <laughs> they're they're fun to hunt, yeah. and they're they're very tasty. Yeah, awesome. What do you think out of all of them? What do you think's the smartest animal so far? Oh man, in all your adventures. I know he's the hardest one to get. Was a goat. That's logistics. Yeah. I mean. James uh, is going to want you to say black-tailed deer, I'm sure. 
I can grab his arm and twist it. That's the beauty of not being on Skype. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure. They're, they've they're all hard for me because I am I'm nothing compared to these guides and these people that can self you know guide themselves in and 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 figure all this stuff out. You know, I I do what these guides help me do as far yeah. as staying downwind and you know movement is so important. When you're that close to an animal, you cannot move. Yeah. They can pick up stuff. Um, I don't know. I've had a lot of trouble with elk. Uh, elk, are, elk are tough for me. They're tough to, to get drawn back on. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know. They're, they're, uh, all these animals have proven to be so cagey to yeah. me. That you have the cow steer? Yes. Yep. Yes. Coos, cows. Yeah, shot Coos. the cows. That that cows. was uh, that was two tries. Yeah, two tries. Yeah, New Mexico. First one was Mexico, and then the second one. No, actually, they're both in Mexico, but different outfitters. O- old Mexico. Yes, yeah. old Mexico. Yeah. Okay, flying to uh, down in Sonora. Okay. Yeah. Um, tree stand, water hole, spot stock. Um, the the first hunt was all tree stands. Um, and, and unfortunately, I never got a shot at one. Uh, then the second try, I went back with Jim and Tina Marie again with Five Arrow Outfitters. Those were, uh, those were tree stands, too. But I think I saw like 60 deer the first day. Oh, wow. They, they've, got, they've got a great place to hunt. And um, they said, don't, don't shoot the first deer that comes in because you're going to have lots of opportunities. And they did. In fact, I shot two because my first one um, – uh, was missing one of its its brow tines, and it wasn't going to make Pope and Young. So I, he said, well, if you want to shoot a second one, you'll have an opportunity. Just wait. And I did, and it was like a seven-yard shot. And th- yeah. that was very – I was nervous because they come in so nervous. Yeah, yeah. I've heard they're the, yeah. the cagiest of, the, of them yeah, all. Yeah, they, they are. Yeah. Um, are, you, are So far, are all of your animals been Pope and Young? No. No. Okay. In fact, it's never really been a thing for me to do Pope and Young, sure. but I've been very fortunate to have several of them that qualified. Um, uh, I just, I've, I've been blessed in that area, but I, I really want to take the first legal opportunity, you know, on a, on an ethical shot that I can, because I've, I just don't like to repeat, repeat these hunts. Right. <laughs> but, but it sounds like the adventure is definitely uh, high on the list for you. It is. Yeah. It is, and you know, there's so much truth in. It's not just about harvesting that animal. It's yeah. being out there in the woods and enjoying the experience. Yeah, heck yeah, yeah that's, that's for sure. That's super awesome. Um, so, what uh, you'd mentioned, you alluded to the elk being tough. Did it t- did it take you a while to get your first elk? Or yeah, my first elk was on the third try. Okay. And uh, it was it was a beautiful shot. It was a long shot, but you know, these running up and down mountains and, and calling elk and trying to get ahead of them and set up on them and watching the wind, you know, there's a lot to elk hunting. And these guys that can tag out every year, I mean, my hat's off to them because uh, they, they are cagey. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're hard, hard to beat. I mean, they're just uh, <laughs> just the bugling, right, I think is what yeah. makes them so special. Yeah. Well, my wife and I. the place I, they live. We went, we went up to uh, outside of Yellowstone, and up there the elk didn't answer to to calls because of the wolf population. Don't get eaten by the wolves. Yeah, and that's that's a neat makes an elk hunt even tougher. <laughs> yeah. 
So, needless to say, we had a great time together. We didn't we didn't get to tag great out. Great nature, <laughs> great time in nature <laughs> yeah. together. We have a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, in, in the Roosevelt elk hunting, were you able to uh, actually get on any in Washington or? I was able to get on uh, one one, um, but but I didn't I didn't get to take him. Okay. Um, they they tended to be they hunted over apples. Okay. They don't do any more, um, but they had a lot of elk sign. Uh, it's just for some reason just not a lot of elk. Okay. I know um, you'll be uh, hunting the Oregon coast with Ken Wilson. I know he's a big bugler, so yeah. Uh, you know uh, what's the time frame you're coming out? I'm, I think the September fifth. Okay, that's yeah. a good time. That's about time when they start. start. Yeah. 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 And w- what's your time frame? You got? Uh, I'll be there a week. A week. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. Hopefully, well, you get her done. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah, it's looking to be a really, really dry season on the Oregon yeah. coast this year. We've not got the the moisture that we normally get the creeks are getting low um so hopefully there'll be access but there's always um state land and blm land usually that we can get into yeah yeah that's what he said yeah so that should that should be super awesome what 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 kind of preparations are you making you, you know as far as staying in shape and mm-hmm. uh whatnot for these hunts you know um in my therapy practice we have a full gym with a lot of cardio and and resistive exercise equipment. And I came across a piece of equipment that's called the Jacob's Ladder. And the Jacob's heard of, Ladder... Heard of, I've heard that. Yeah. It's like on a, you know, I don't know, 45-degree angle. And it's a non-stop climbing action, hands and legs, hand over hand, climbing a ladder. Climbing a ladder. And I'll tell you what, it will just tear you up. One of, the, one of my clients is a marathon runner. And she says, you know, I'd rather run five miles than do five minutes on that Jacob's Ladder just really? because it just, it's really tough. Now, I can do about 15 and a half minutes, and I try and go up 15 seconds every week. So um, I do that, and then I, I work out five days a week. Um, I hate to do cardio, but, you know, you got to do it. Uh-huh. Right. And uh, that's, that's just that's my routine. I do it year-round. So. Sure. And you're still in Texas. Are you doing any hunting in Texas, or are you pretty much just plan these two two big adventures a year, and and your drive and focus is on those? That, that's right. That's right. We we've uh, done some lease hunts in the years past, but it's it's difficult because there's other people on the lease, and whether it's turkey hunting, hog hunting, or deer hunting, you're you've got the competition and the the other pressure from other people on the lease. Right. So, I, I mean, with six kids and, and oh, you a got wife six and, kids. you know, a busy practice, yeah. it's hard to. His <laughs> <laughs> wife's like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Are uh, most of your kids grown or? Uh-oh. Got a little fly in there. The, the flies are thick. Right, just a fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the flies are oldest, thick. The oldest is 20. Okay. And then we have an 18, two 16s, uh 14 and a 13. Oh man, you got a bunch yeah. of teenagers. Oh, yeah. Smokes. So. I have one. I could not imagine having six. <laughs> uh, I, I've got three and one teenager right now and yeah, it's getting real. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, sounds like uh you got a lot of adventure ahead though. That's yeah. awesome. That's right. Heck yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we follow you on uh on Instagram and um you know, love seeing all your pictures and stuff. Yeah. 
Well, thank yeah. you. And yeah, definitely. There's a lot of great hunters on Instagram that yeah. post stuff. There is. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Well, yeah, we really appreciate your time here and um, just awesome being here in person with you here in Michigan, Bering Springs, Compton Traditional. Uh, if you guys have never made it out here, uh, the listeners, it's, I don't care where you live, it's worth the trip. Uh, fly, yeah, drive, drive, train, yeah. uh, <laughs> whatever it takes, uh, I definitely, definitely recommend it. Um, if you guys aren't members to a Compton Traditional and uh, you uh, love this lifestyle, you need to get signed up. Um, I think it's mandatory. Um, yeah, yeah, and don't forget to uh, tell your friends about the podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Website. We've got a brand new website. Uh, Buy a shirt and hat. Yeah, tradquest.com. <laughs> Support the podcast. And uh, keep the wind in your face. Pick a spot and shoot straight. <laughs>